0: Thank you so much, uh, everyone who participated in the service, and Valera. Valera, for many of you remember her, was a, a little girl not too many years ago running around the church. And so for all the other little girls running around here, we expect the same, okay? <laughs> Whether you're uh, singing, preaching, children's story, but we know you're going to grow up all our little girls to do wonderful things for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, today we are uh, having our sermon entitled Joy to the World, Joy to the World. Let's begin with a short prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to speak on your behalf and about you. I pray that your Holy Spirit would join and that uh, someone would leave here seeking to know you better. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So it's, uh, it's Christmas time or the Christmas season and at least... Here in the United States, Christmas is all about music. Am I wrong or am I right? I mean, when we think about Christmas, we think about all the carols, we think about the hymns, uh, Christmas hymns in the hymnal. And when you've gone to Christmas programs like our Christmas program last Saturday, and the school's Christmas program this last Thursday, what is primarily done there? There are songs, and songs, and songs, and more beautiful songs, and and you guys enjoy them, don't you? Uh, I remember last Saturday, after Jermaine hit those final notes, many of you were in tears, feeling the Holy Spirit moving upon you through music. Christmas has always been connected to to music. Valera gave us a little taste of that just right now. But in Hispanic families, and who's Hispanic or can claim a little bit of Hispanic, music and Christmas don't really go. They're not really a thing. Now, tamales and Christmas, yes, definitely, And some hot drinks, yes, definitely. But we don't really have all this music in English, as you have in English, in Spanish. Now I know what you're thinking. Pastor, you're wrong. What about Feliz Navidad? What about Feliz Navidad? And to that, I say to you, that's like people going to Taco Bell for Hispanic food, okay? Hispanic people don't go to Taco Bell for Mexican food. We go to Mama's Kitchen, okay? And so that's really more an American song than it is a Hispanic song. And uh, when I was young, I grew up pretty much until seven or eight without Christmas music. Until something terrible, terrible happened in my family, at least for me. Someone gifted my Hispanic mother a Christmas gift of of a CD full of Christmas songs. You say, that's wonderful, right? That's great. But it wasn't the traditional Christmas songs. It was by this artist called Mariah Carey. Have you heard of her before? Now, Mariah Carey is not any singer. She's a pop singer, you know? So my mother, wanting to be American, started playing this CD nonstop all December for a few years. Now, for a seven year old boy, waking up and going to sleep to Mariah Carey's beep, beep, bop, bop, singing her songs at a pitch that hurt my ears was not fun. It, in fact, it was torture. So my journey was one of, Mom, turn it off. But it kept playing and playing. And if you go shopping, or if you've gone shopping to Myers, to the mall, in an elevator, I'm sure you've heard Mariah Carey Christmas music. It's like it's all over the place, it's spread like a virus I think, I don't know what's going on. And we went from this phase of, of, of hating it, then you know when you listen to something too long you begin to like it? And, and, you, and then I liked it, and then it kept going so then I hated it again you know that there's this torture that they do in some countries where they make people listen to the same songs over and over again, and it breaks them. Well, I broke. I was done with Christmas music. And, and I swore I was not going to listen to any more Christmas music. I was done with it. But as the years pass, the trauma goes away. The PTSD goes away. And I started to, to, to listen to some Christmas songs. Not Mariah Carey. But, and then I started to read the words. And there's really powerful words in some of those Christmas songs that we know. And the one that I want to focus on today is is that song, Joy to the World. Yes, Mariah Carey sang it. She almost ruined it for me. But I I got it back. I got it back. I got the joy of the song back. And, And just listen to the words. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace. He makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. What a powerful song, right? It sounds more like a second coming song. It sounds more like a Seventh-day Adventist song to me. And, and I have gotten the joy of Christmas music back partially by reading the words of these songs. Now, what stands out to you the most in this song? Really, when you hear that song, what's the word that stands out to you the most? Joy, right? It's like that's the one that really hits the place in your mind and in your memory. Joy, joy, joy. And the first two verses say, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And the next one is, Joy to the earth. The Savior reigns. Joy to the world and joy to the earth. Now, wouldn't it be great if that song was actually true? If the whole world and earth had joy? I mean, what would the world look like if everybody was filled with this joy that this song talks about? Wouldn't the world be so much different? Wouldn't it be different when you go to work, when you go to school? When you go to the gas station, I mean, I went to the gas station the other day and it kind of caught me off guard. I went to the Costco gas station. And usually when you go to the gas station, it's like you're so cold, you just wanna put your gas in. You're just you know, trying to get in and out as fast as possible. And there was this, this young lady walking around and she was just smiling and saying hi to everyone. Good to see you, calling people by name. She said, how are you doing, sir, to you? Is there anything I could do to help? And I caught myself for a moment. I said, what's her problem? Why is she so happy? And then, and then I said, whoa, whoa, what's wrong with me? This is how the world should be. Because there should be joy in the whole world and in the whole earth. But we have to admit that there's not, right? The world is not full of joy. and The, world is not full, the earth is not full of joy even after Jesus came in the first advent. But in the church, come on, come on. In the church, things should be different. I hope things are different. When we come to church, if there's no joy in the world at the coming of Jesus, there should be joy in the church. Uh, are, you, are you a joyful church? Are you joyful people? One person, thank you very much. <laughs> you're going to have to carry the torch for all of us here because other people are still thinking. And, and, and it's okay. It's okay if maybe you're not sure if you are joyful today. Because maybe we're going to find out what some of those ingredients of joy are. Because, you know, sometimes we lose the joy and we wonder, well, how do I get joy? What are the ingredients of joy? And that's what today's sermon is all about. You know, in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, that famous, famous passage that many families are going to read on Christmas days. I hope that you have that tradition. That father or grandfather or whoever it is at the home who might be the spiritual leader or grandmother or mother, get all the children. Gather everybody before you open the presents, before you eat all the delicious food. Gather around. Open up Luke chapter 1. And two, and read the story of the birth of Jesus. Make it a tradition. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 tells us Now there were in that same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9 And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Verse 10 Then the angel said to them Do not be afraid for behold I bring you good tidings of great what? of great joy which shall be to all people for there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord so the song is actually right. The lyrics are actually right. Joy to the world, joy to the earth. That was God's plan when he sent his son Jesus. When he sent his son Jesus, the angel says, Don't be afraid. I bring you good tithings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The whole point of giving the gift was to bring joy to every single person on earth. But it hasn't happened. The gift has not brought joy to everyone. Why not? Giving a gift and it not bringing joy is always a heartbreaking thing, isn't it? Have you ever given a gift and someone opened it and they gave you like the look like, ugh, ugh. How many of you were a spoiled child at one point and did that to your parents? Anybody? Oh, nobody wants to raise their hand and admit it. Uh, I know that I was a spoiled child, and I remember one day I decided that my parents had to buy me a real motorcycle, like a real motorcycle. I was so into motorcycles, I think I was a sophomore in high school, that I bought Harley boots. You know those big Harley boots, the big black ones? And I would wear them every day to school and I would tell my parents, I want a Harley Davidson for Christmas. You know, what is this teenager thinking, right? First of all, they're not gonna spend that much money on me. Second, my mom was a neuro ICU uh, RN, and she saw all the crash victims come to the hospital. She was like, "Uh uh-uh. So Christmas Day came, and there I was, all excited. And they told me, there's something outside we got you. And I was like, all right, wait up, let me put on my boots first. And so I put on my boots, my Harley boots, and I step out waiting to go to the front of the house where the cars are. But instead, right in front of the door, they bought me this little motorcycle. It looked like a play motorcycle. And you could sit down on it and look like, you know, the bears, where they make the bears ride the bicycles in the circus. That's about how it would have looked on it. And my uncle was there. My dad was there. My, everybody was there excited for me because I wanted a motorcycle. I took one look at that, I looked at everybody, and I turned around and said, I don't want it. You could have seen the look on my parents' face. It's just disappointment. Have you disappointed someone like that? Have you opened the gift and said, I don't like it? I don't want it. Jesus Jesus was sent as the gift to bring joy to the world. And the reason I think that many people have not experienced that joy is because they said, you know what? I don't want that. I think there's other things in the world that bring me more pleasure. I think that maybe if I go party and drink with my friends, that is a gift I want that brings me pleasure instead of Jesus. Maybe if I want to, you know, get in that relationship that I know is not the right one for me, instead of a relationship with Jesus, that will bring me more pleasure and more joy. And we're seeking joy and pleasure and all the things that life has to offer. And Jesus is here as the greatest gift of all time. And then we wonder why other things don't bring us joy. Hello? Because the greatest gift was not received. Was not received. But that's not the case with you guys, right? Right? That's why you're joyful, because you've found your joy in Jesus. Or at least I hope that's the case. And if that's not the case, you could begin today. Our Bible verse tells us how to receive the joy in the gift of Jesus Christ. It's found in, where is it found for those who have been paying attention? Where is it found? 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And it says here, Three things about the Christian, three things about the Christian that is described here. Let's see if you could recognize what is those three emotions or those three things that Christians should have. It says, from whom, having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you Rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your, the salvation of your souls. All right, what are the, what are the three things that Christians have or, or, or do that this verse describes here? That give us an idea, because it says, if you have this, and if you have this, and you have this, then you are truly a Christian. So what are the three things? They love Christ. They believe in Christ, and then they rejoice in Christ. Man, Christianity is very simple, right? (laughs) You wanna be a Christian? How do I do that? How do I do it? Well, it's simple. You just love Christ. You believe Christ, and then the natural product of those things will be that you rejoice in Christ. You rejoice in Christ. Now, you have to have those ingredients, though, to make the joy. You must have the love of Christ, and you must believe in Christ. Now, what does it mean to love Christ? Love Christ, it means that love is attracted to Jesus for who he is. We love Christ when we are attracted to him for who he is. So you cannot love Christ if you don't know who he is, and if you don't love him, you'll never have the joy that he gives you. How many of you uh, wear glasses here? I wear glasses, but I'm not wearing them because you know people make fun of them. They think they're a little funny. Some of you, raise your hand. You don't have your glasses. Why not? Glasses are an amazing invention. When I was 15 or 16, my mother started noticing that I was mad-dogging everybody, you know, giving everybody bad looks. And I was squinting nonstop. We went to the doctor and they told me I needed glasses. It was the end of the world for me. Me, glasses, a teenager? No. But the day I put on those those sunglasses, those glasses, it was like I went from being blind to now seeing. I remember specifically telling my mom, I don't, didn't know the world had so much detail and color. I didn't know the world had so much detail and color. And I remember watching the joy of a YouTube video just recently of a boy who could only see black and white, and they gave him these glasses that could finally make him see in color for the first time in his life. And as he put on those glasses and he saw the colors, whereas before it was only black and white, He just broke out in tears of joy. The reason that many Christians don't have the rejoicing is because they don't love Jesus. And the reason they don't love Jesus is because they haven't really seen Jesus. Maybe you heard about Jesus from a teacher or a professor or a friend or someone who had a bad experience at church. But today I want to invite you to get to know Jesus yourself. And I promise you, when you make that effort, you will know his character. You will know who he is. And your reaction will be like going from a world of darkness to light. And you will naturally love him. And love is one of the ingredients of joy. Now, the other part is not only loving God, but also believing in Christ. Believing in Christ. What does it mean to believe in Christ? It means to be confident that Jesus will do what he says he will do. Do you have faith? Do you believe that Jesus will keep his promises? And then when he keeps his promises, how do you feel? Rejoicing, right? You rejoice at those things. And so that love to God and that faith in God Produce Rejoicing And it's that Beautiful combination That makes a Christian life so special And that's why when God Sent Jesus on earth It was so that we could love him As we get to know him Believe in him as we trust him And that will produce the joy To the To the world Has that been your experience? Maybe you're saying now Now I know pastor why I'm not rejoicing (laughs) Now I know I've not spent enough time getting to know Jesus. And though I might admire him, though I might say, yeah, he was a good guy, or, you know, I might even say his name in prayer once or twice, I don't really know his character. I haven't really gotten to know him. Thus, I don't really think I love him. I need to know more about him. Or maybe... Or maybe you haven't been trusting his promises. Maybe you're going through issues in life and you haven't really laid those issues at his feet and asked him to take care of it and seen him come through for you. And those are the ingredients for joy in your life as a Christian. And without those ingredients, it just is not the same. The Christian experience is just not the same. It's like (laughs) my daughters love mac and cheese, but they don't really love mac and cheese. They love mama's mac and cheese. And we go to a restaurant, and kids are always picky eaters in restaurants, and you're having to pay for money, and most of the time they don't want to eat it, so you want to get something they're gonna eat. So you go and get mac and cheese. We get mac and cheese, it was vegan, vegan mac and cheese. And uh, they bring it out, and they taste it. it. looks just like mama's, right? It has everything mama, same color, same texture. They put it in their mouth, and they go, ugh, ugh. And we say, you love mama, you love mac and cheese, why are you not eating it? But it's not mama's mac and cheese. Because you see, mama has a little bit of extra ingredients, a little bit of things that the restaurant doesn't know about. And we all might be here, seeming like we're all Christians. But some might have joy, some may not have joy. And the reason is, because we don't have the right ingredients. And I want you to have joy. And the way to have joy is to love Jesus, believe in Jesus, and rejoice in Jesus. And then those words words will come true. Joy to the world. And it will begin by joy in your life. Is God doing something in your life? Has he made you happy this week? Has he made you happy this month? Let's have another testimony. I'm going to invite you to come forward, sister. I'm going to put you on the spot. No, not you, Stacy. Um, and I'm going to get a mic- microphone here because uh, what's the point of God working in our lives if we don't really share um, real-life testimonies of how He's working in our lives? Amen. Would you would you introduce yourself to your church family and the visitors that are here?
1: Karen Gunter.
0: How many of you know Karen? Amen. <laughs> it's okay. I'm here. Karen um, Karen had an experience that uh, she believed the Lord has been in the middle of it and has given her great joy in her life. And maybe you could share a little bit of the details of what happened.
1: Just a little over a month ago. My mom passed away, and we were estranged for 40 years. And all I wanted was her love and her forgiveness. And the day that she died, I was told not to come. So I was respecting her wishes. And then my son called and said, I want you down here for me. So I went down, and she wasn't happy I was there at first. But I went up to her bedside a half hour later, and she grabbed my hand, and she asked me to please forgive her for being so mean to me and hurting me. And she told me she loved me. Amen. And that's all I wanted. And my sister and I made amends as well. And about six hours later, my mom took her last breath. And my sister and I have been talking every day, and I will be moving to Indiana as soon as I sell my home so I can take care of my sister and be with her. But I'm so thankful that my mom told me she loved me, and I was so happy for the amends that we made. It was a long time coming, and that's how God wanted it to be, and I'm so excited. I am so excited. I'm sorry I'm leaving, but I need to be where God wants me to be.
0: Thank you. So I don't know what your life has been like. Maybe it's uh, been troubles and trials and problems and the joy has come out. But like Karen, you could trust God to heal your relationships. You could trust God to uh, mend family relationships and bring people together. And I promise you, if you put God first, he will bring you joy in all areas. And so this morning, I want to invite you to rejoice that Jesus has come by saying, I accept him again in my life. If that is your desire, as we bow our heads and close our eyes, raise your hand and say, Lord, it doesn't matter who's next to me or around me. This is my decision. If it's your decision, to raise my hand and say, Lord, I accept you. I want to teach me to love you. Teach me to trust you. Teach me to know you because I want to rejoice in a relationship with you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all those that have come here today. I pray, Father, that they have been blessed by the service and that they would find joy in their life, a joy that the world can't give, but that you have given through the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for all the testimonies that have been shared of your faithfulness, and we're so happy that you will continue to bless us every step of the way. Be with the families here, be especially with the children, teenagers, and young adults. Help us to all honor you. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen.